Hi, I'm Laura Flanders of The Laura Flanders Show, where I interview the best thinkers and doers of our time. On TV, the show premieres Sundays at 11.30 Eastern on PBS World and at The Laura Flanders Show YouTube channel. You can join my guests and me every week there in the live viewing party and then catch us all week on public television stations. Prefer to listen? Find us on a radio station near you or subscribe to the free podcast. You'll find listings and ways to subscribe at lauraflanders.org That's also where you'll receive my regular commentaries. I call them the F word. Here's this week's. What does it take to imagine change and bring it into being? It's hard to think of a better place to consider that question than Buffalo, New York's second largest city, the first in the nation with electric light. Buffalo drew attention this election season after first-time candidate, long-time activist India Walton won the Democratic primary this June, positioning her to become the city's first African-American woman and first Democratic Socialist mayor. A Buffalo native, Walton's no newcomer to long-shot chances. A teen mom in a poor neighborhood, she bore her first child at 14 and dropped out of school. But instead of staying dropped out, she pushed herself to get a GED and then a nursing degree. Giving birth to premature twins, she believed a future life into those two struggling babies and made a career of it, becoming a NIC unit nurse. I first interviewed Walton in 2019 in Buffalo's traditionally black neighborhood, the Fruit Belt, which had recently become home to a massive medical campus that was buying up homes and pushing out local residents. Imagining a different future for the place, Walton, by then the mother of four, took on the task of organizing residents to do something that had never been done, to form a community land trust with a view to keeping some affordable housing in resident hands long term, which she did. While Brown stayed silent in face of police violence against Black Lives Matter protesters, Walton imagined a different response. She decided to run for his job. Neither he nor his supporters seemed to have believed that her long-shot campaign could possibly unseat their established power, but it did. Awake now to the possibility that real change might come to Buffalo, Brown's backers, among them developers and local Republicans, pulled out every stop to stop her to get him back on the ballot, and when that failed, funded a writing campaign that had enough resources to ensure that his voters were well-equipped with all the information and even a plastic stamp they could use to mark his name on the ballot. A full tally won't be completed for weeks, but Brown has now declared victory with a substantial lead rooted in the most conservative parts of Buffalo. Walton, with 41% of votes cast, has acknowledged she's unlikely to become mayor after all. She didn't unseat power, not quite yet. But returning to Buffalo before Election Day, what I recall from this season are the two large houses standing in the fruit belt, where three years ago there had only been brambles on an abandoned lot. I couldn't see the future when I was there with Walton, but she did. Walton didn't win this time, but she did imagine change and created some on the campaign trail, in the fruit belt, and in the lives of a whole lot of buffalo babies. If I were a betting person, I'd bet she's not finished yet. You can see our special feature on India Walton and the race to change power in Buffalo at our website, lauraflanders.org, or watch it on a local public television station near you. Subscribe for more information and for alerts. Thanks.